Welcome to The Cindy Rushton Show. Encouraging, empowering, and equipping as you step into your calling and life purpose. Here is your hostess, Cindy Rushton. There are times I get excited and then there's times I get just stinking excited. And today is one of my stinking excited days because I am welcoming one of the one of the people who has truly impacted my life, not just because he was my boss man for <laughs> um, about a year, a little over a year, and but also you know, there's, there's people that are in your life and it's not just for what you think they're there for It's because they're there for your next steps. And Tyler is just that Tyler Krause. Oh, is, <laughs> it's too kind, Cindy. <laughs> he's joining me this morning. We're going to talk about business and we're going to talk about ministry and websites, yeah. SEO, and who knows what else, because I know how we get and That's I'm right. <laughs> mindful of his time, but you guys, I just want to welcome you guys to the new show. If you are on Facebook, uh, first of all, I want to shout out to you because um, maybe you haven't heard I'm doing a podcast mm -hmm. and I want to invite you guys to look me up. I'm on all your favorite places for podcasting. So you can find me in Audible and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Oh, let me go on and on. Well, I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to take that time. I'm just going to invite you to look up the Cindy Rushton show and follow me. I just want to invite you to come and join me because we talk about all things that empower and encourage you to be able to get your message out there and reach the world with that awesome message you have. And so today I'm so excited again to be welcoming Tyler Krauss. He is the S uh, the CEO SEO. <laughs> yeah. I almost said SEO. Did you hear that? Yeah, um, yeah so, I don't know. <laughs> from Conversion First Marketing, he is a husband of an amazing, awesome woman that I actually had worked with her as well. And she's a worship leader, but he's a mm -hmm. worship leader. They're parents. Yeah. He's a dad to the cutest children. Like yeah. I'm talking about, they are right up there with my grandchildren. We've, and we've I, been I've, locked. We've been locked in a house with them for seven days, so they're testing that beauty. They're testing that uh, that cuteness because <laughs> with the snowstorms going on right now, it's been like, we need to have a talk, everybody. We've been in this house for seven days, so anyways, I appreciate it. You're about to be done, kids. You're about yeah. to be done. I'm telling you. <laughs> watch the parents, <laughs> but he has got the cutest kids. They are just awesome. He is, by the way, you guys, an SEO expert, and I could brag on him big because I've watched what he does to websites. I've seen websites that were being redesigned from an SEO perspective. And, and I'm telling you guys that SEO design has brought People in Nashville who were lawyers, who were construction companies, they were um, realtors, any realtor out there. I have a lot of you that follow me. Uh, seriously, he brought their websites to page one on Google. And I know he could tell us more about that. But when I see no. that, I know how impossible that kind of work is in this day and time with so many voices but he's the dude. And so he's a yeah. marketing expert and of course the biz owner of Conversion First Marketing. So welcome yeah. Tyler. 
Thank you, Cindy. Can I tell you the quickest story off of that? I, I don't yeah. want to take you off script, but I, the quickest story off that is I literally just got off a call with my mom of all folks <laughs> and uh, right before this podcast. And my mom has been uh, running a small bed and breakfast uh, style thing for the last several years. And we've looked at her site for years and very much a cobbler shoes sort of issue. We just, you know, didn't get around to like redesigning the site. It was kind of going okay and everything. So last year, she finally let us redesign the site. I mean, by last year, I mean like six months ago, we redesigned the site from an SEO first perspective. <clears throat> and just to give everybody an understanding of kind of like what we do and how we do it, I literally just got off a call with my mom and she was like, Tyler, I have more bookings for this year than I have ever had. And it's happened in, I mean, we're, we're we just did her, like Aaron just did her 30 day or 90 day review. I can't remember which one it was. Wow. Um, but, uh, but the turnaround has been huge impact instantly. And we were joking to be like, why'd you wait so long to let me redesign this? And she's like, <laughs> why'd you wait so long to redesign your mother's site, Tyler? Well, you know, like, <laughs> pick it up, pick it up there, son. And so, uh, yeah. So anyways, it was fantastic. Funny. And her <laughs> are through the roof, but that's what we do. Oh, I love it. And oh, yeah. wow. Well, Mom, I'm glad you let him do this. <laughs> Your business will never be the yeah. same. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about business. Yeah. Okay, Tyler, I want to take us back yeah. in time. And I want to ask you, yeah. how did you take a leap into business? Because that's really, really yeah. a challenge for many people. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'll try to make this story quick, but it, it really starts. Um, I, I was always doing ministry or um, business, one of them full-time. So I'm, I would imagine some of your listeners too, where it's like you find yourself either kind of in one vein or the other. And really all of them are about serving people and helping people. I mean, ministry does that, but business absolutely does that in a, in different ways, but it's so similar. And so I had kind of a passion for people in both venues. And um, I was a full-time worship and youth pastor, I resigned from that position and was kind of looking for the next church to go into and felt like the Lord really called us into this tiny church plant. They could pay us 600 bucks a month. It was nothing. And my full-time job was ministry before that. And so I had to figure out what to do. I had this 16 year old, this is where like, okay, I'll, yeah, there's so much in this. That's just so valuable, but the, feel free. <laughs> like sometimes your, sometimes your answer comes from the most unlikely places because I, I was sitting, I was five months into a worship leader search and we had actually turned down some good positions and cause we just felt like those were not the, where we needed to be. We we're going to walk right into the same situation we just left. And I had a 16 year old kid come up. We were leading worship for this little youth worship ministry, uh, that was this community thing or whatnot. But I had the 16 year old come up to me and say, Hey, do you want to start a lawn care company with me? Well, actually he didn't even lead with that. He led with, Hey, I heard you can't get a job. And, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. So it was like, not, not your best way to start this, but I've got <laughs> offers. Okay. I, I'll be all right. But, uh, but he was like, do you want to start a lawn care company with me? And, and I was like, oh man, dude, I'm flattered uh, because, you know, that's nice and everything. But I don't think my my options have sunk so low to starting a lawn care company with a 16-year-old kid in my youth group. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but that's nice. And he looked at me and he said something I'll never, ever forget. Um, and he said, he said, well, if you'll start a lawn care company with me, I can get us number one on Google. And wow. I literally, yeah, I literally looked back at him and I was like, that's a thing? That's like a thing you can do. You can get to number one on Google. You can make yourself do it. I was completely unaware 
of the industry and how websites worked and how SEO worked and everything. And much to my wife's chagrin, I, I basically was like, if you can do that, I'll start a lawn care company with you. I was like, if you can really get us number one. And, and he was like, yeah, all you got to do is buy some links, which was the way you did it back in 2010, back in the day. Um, and so, uh, so we started a lawn care company. That was my, my jump into business. And so uh, honestly, it takes, it took a huge kind of leap of faith aspect. We, we love this church we're going to, couldn't make any money there, jumped into business and got to hustling. And three years later, we were able to sell that company. And I fell in love with, with my passion, which, which is now. And I, I looked at my wife three years later and I was like, I think I want to go into web development, marketing and SEO. I think I could love doing this for the next 10, 15 years. And it just took a 16 year old kid asking me that question. Take a leap of faith. Oh man, you talk about loving that because it's truly most businesses have a story and they have that, that person who believed in yeah. us. And I love that. I think it's awesome. Well, let me ask you, why did you yeah. take the turn to SEO? I mean, that's yeah. like, that's a great question for us to know here. Yeah, absolutely. So when, when we started that lawn care company, this was in 2010, Yellow Pages was dying very quickly, or their business model was was going out the door. Mobile wasn't the thing it is yet, and everything was moving to kind of desktop searches, especially for local service business types, or if you have some sort of direct, like a, an urgency issue, right? If your heat is off in the middle of an unprecedented snowstorm in the south here, you, you're calling an HVAC guy, and, and you need a guy right now. And so that whole market was just exploding, and we, we were part of that as a service business and turned away about 40% of our leads every year. Now, unfortunately, I started a lawn care company. I started a lawn care company right in the middle of three years of perpetual drought out in Colorado. <laughs> and uh, we were having forest fires and it, it was just a terrible time to start a lawn care company. But in the summer when the, when the getting was good, we would turn away our leads. And I, I didn't have a huge passion for grass, but I did, I did just love like it. I had a kind of a knack for this kind of what I would call trust-based marketing um, and once we found the traffic source that was SEO, it was like, this is arguably one of the most powerful things a small business could do. And I just fell in love with the passion of trying to figure it out because I, I like hacking to figure out what's possible in the middle. And SEO is just, it's always changing. And so there's always kind of a passion center there. Um, and, uh, but once you, once you figure out how to get some wins and it is, it's a little bit addicting as a niche. <laughs> so that's why I love it. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this month, one of our focuses in our community is taking your next step. And for many of our community members, their next step is building a website or revamping their website. Maybe they've had their website, you know, how websites get outdated or they're just not representing them well. So if someone wanted to build and optimize their website, what do you really feel like would be very important for them to remember other than hiring you? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. No, there's, there's absolutely. So my first websites were built on Weebly and Wix. So I got my start just like everybody else did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope. And honestly, it's, it's such a low cost option. One of the first things for you do it yourselfers, go grab, go grab a Squarespace, a Wix or a Weebly and just put something together, like figure out, just go figure it out because it's, it's one of those niches where an hour on YouTube or a couple hours on YouTube in an afternoon, pulling together kind of your basic site, understanding, like you'll discover tools in there like canva.com, which you can use to make graphics really simply. And you'll just kind of stretch 
um, and figure out what you're going to say and how you're going to say about it for brand new folks. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great place to start. Uh, and, and that can handle kind of the, those initial days as you're just trying to communicate those kind of bare messages uh, mm-hmm. and everything. Now, as far as like, if you are an established business or something like that, um, we, so I'm the creator of a thing that we now call the SEO first website design process. And it's literally just a process that puts SEO at the forefront of it. And let me just explain really quickly why we think that's really valuable and, and indirectly why I think you should do it this way. So a lot of us think that our websites are for people, but our, the most important relationship that your website has is actually with other robots. It's with other computers or it's with other websites. So Google being the most important one. So Google is, no matter who you are, Google is probably going to drive um, over 50% of your traffic is going to come from Google. So when you get somebody to your website, like web traffic doesn't come out of nowhere. It, it follows very, very predictable paths. And so it's either, and really either are people are typing in your website directly mm-hmm. or they are clicking a link on somebody else's website. That Unless you have an app on somebody's phone, that those are the ways that people get to your website. And so when you think about it that way, you realize that the gateways to your site are as important or more important than what happens when people actually get to there. Now, I don't want to like throw away how important design can be after that, but what people throw away is they just figure if you build it, um, then you've got an uphill battle driving traffic to it. And so (laughs) the SEO first process is basically saying when it comes to the sitemap level of your site, doing keyword research and understanding we we use this term called the names of things like sometimes we call our 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 courses like you know uh the the greatest recharge course of all time sort of thing google has no idea what your recharge course is it might think you're a battery company for all they know um because <laughs> google's taking right right google's <laughs> taking the keyword taking the word recharging and going okay i know what recharging means recharging is usually used in the sphere of tech and all this sort of stuff. And so now if you want to go like the super opposite and be really descriptive to be like the, you know, the course is just laden with keywords of like restructuring your life or restructuring your business course. Um, that's not as, you know, that's not as malleable from a design perspective. And so the SEO first is really about finding that balance, find where the keyword volume is, Mm-hmm. And you can use uh, a number of tools. There's a number of free tools online. You can just try to find and, and nail down where your keyword volume is. And then dedicating part of your site to making sure that you're addressing what those keyword groups are. Um, so as you go to build, right, you can build your cool courses. But a, a, greatest, a great example would be um, the take your recharge course, for example. And let's say that's just, it's really just business coaching is what it is. Well, Google knows exactly what business coaching is. It has a massive database and understands business coaching. And so as part of your build process, thinking to yourself, okay, what is, what does Google describe what I'm doing? And then making sure that you're incorporating that as part of your design early on um, page structure becomes really important and laying that foundation, what we have found, I mean, this is what we just did with my, with my mom's site, which is by the, by the sound of it, you'd think I, maybe my mom's my only customer sort of thing, but this is just the most recent one where his mom is not his only customer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. The, uh, but we just, we just did this there. She had eight years of a site that was not built with SEO in mind. Yeah. And so we redesigned it. 
from that SEO perspective. And again, keyword making, making the names of things. She's a retreat center in Southern Minnesota. And so understanding that Google knows what a retreat center in Southern Minnesota is and making sure that that keyword makes it to the right places on pages, makes it to the, the site map structure. So there's actually a page about uh, retreat centers in Southern Minnesota. That's what Google needs in order for your site, for it to go like, oh, somebody's doing a search for that thing. Um, mm -hmm. Here's a site that has done really great demonstrating that they're all about that thing. And as soon as we did it, I mean, that's the site just went straight up in keyword rankings. Um, and, and now the traffic's flowing because of that. And so, um, so it, established business folks who are looking to redesign here, you can go with Wix. I know this is the longest answer, uh, but you no, knew it's this. a perfect answer. I love it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> you knew this about me before. So it's so like, <laughs> this long, is why I asked, <laughs> I did long, not ask. <laughs> long, that's right. Long-winded answers are my specialty. Um, <laughs> So, but, uh, so if you're taking that Wix site, cause what's going to happen from a Wix site situation is you're probably just going to grab the pages that come to mind from a user experience. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's important. So do that. But then as you're starting to move into more sophistication, at some point you need to go do the keyword research and you need to understand what Google thinks about the services you're trying to provide. Mm -hmm. And one of the most powerful tools is go create an AdWords account, set up a small spend with AdWords and you can get access to their keyword planning tool. Mm. Anything that Google is, anything that you need to know from Google from a keyword research perspective, there are there's so many trainings on the keyword planning tool. In an afternoon, um, you can have a good understanding of what Google thinks about your business and mm -hmm. what they think about the services that you provide, and then you can use that information to start the process of making your site from that Google perspective. And Google's just one of them, you know, then Facebook has traffic and Instagram has traffic. I know if you've got a lot of social there, are, think about those traffic sources and mm -hmm. find ways that your website is, it plays nice with Instagram, plays nice with Facebook, um, because how people get to you in the, the speed of that user experience is as important as what they do once they get to their site. And that's the part that's we find is largely ignored. And it's why we honestly have carved a niche out in the market to just address it from that perspective. Oh, very, very, very helpful. And by the way, you guys, if you are needing some help setting up your website, we are having a website in a weekend coming up in another week. Um, and I really want to encourage you guys to be a part of that. Some of you who did jumpstart 2021, and if you didn't, hey, it's not too late to jumpstart your 2021. If it were December, it's not too late. Is that right. like a big say? Is that something big? Well, here's the deal. Because in there, we do all that background stuff of getting to know who you are and what you're here for. And that's going to be important when you do what Tyler just um, was sharing. Okay, now back in on out away from websites. I want, I want to go back into like business overall, because one of the things yeah. that I particularly valued as your, one of your employees for that beautiful season and I told, I've told you this before, but I remember my first job way back many years ago, my boss poured into me and he taught me something I will never, ever forget because I remember being overwhelmed, learning all the things about dentistry, bless my heart. <laughs> it was yeah, so right. overwhelming. And I remember he asked me, he said, how are things going? What are you thinking? How, you know, is there something I can help you with? And I said, I just feel a little overwhelmed. There's just so much to know. And he said, yeah. 
Cindy, if you could learn just one thing a day in the course right. of a week, you're going to know seven new things at the end of a month, 31 at the end of a year, 365. And you can probably take my job. And of course, now I've never had any ambitions for that, but I will never forget that moment. Well, fast forward, when I was working for you, I'd already had my own business. I've helped build several multi-million dollar businesses. I've, I've been in corporate world. I've done many other things. But working for you, one of the things I felt like God used as a next for me was showing me the value of our core values and, and how that lines up with everything from finding your, yeah. your tribe to finding yeah. people that work with you, to communicating what you're even about. So do you mind if we tap yeah. in and, and I ask you like, why are core values so important? What are yours and how does that play out? Do you mind answering that? That's a, yeah. that's a big question too. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Um, not at all. No, I would just say, I, I feel like it's probably an overstatement, but I would just, I would just implore all the business owners that, that are listening in if you are operating your company without a cultural set of standards, you are, you are leaving probably the greatest tool of your personal fulfillment in your company off the table. And, and I'll, I'll unpack that. I'll try to justify that a little bit. So, but the core values, core values, some people, core values gets used a lot. What it really is, is you're setting a cultural standard along with a skill standard in your company. And it is really tempting when you start to look through this lens. It, let me tell you the, the opposite. It's really tempting at first to hire people based on the skill sets that they provide, who's available, um, who's around, you know, who's around, who knows somebody like how, how often do we, we hire folks based on like, well, somebody knew them and they kind of fit. Um, and I didn't have a measuring stick to measure the cultural fit that individual to myself and to my company uh, before we just did a skills assessment, which we do all the time. So, um, so I want to be super ultra clear to make sure that when people talk about cultural assessment, I'm not talking about, of, of course, anything related to race or religion or anything like that, um, that that's not what this is for inside of any of those larger brackets, right. Of, of identity and, and culture and history and everything is, are things like things like one of them, one of our core values is friendly by default. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we always said Cindy Russian is probably our poster child for friendly <laughs> by default. If you've, if you've ever spent time with, with you, Cindy, you just know. And, and what we say with that is we treat clients and each other like friends and you know, somebody who's kind of friendly as a default status. Mm -hmm. And I tell my team all the time um, that if you, <laughs> Like one of the fastest ways to, to run into an issue with me and leadership is actually not missing your goals from like trying to produce something. It's if, if I find or see or catch, <laughs> catch is probably the wrong word, somebody violating a friendly by default or another one is kindness and conflict is another one of ours. So mm -hmm. kindness and conflict is like conflict happens, but you cannot uh, you cannot violate kindness as a choice. Conflict will happen. No way, no way around it, but mm -hmm. kindness and conflict is absolutely a choice that we can make. And if you violate kindness and conflict, that's the shortest way to the door in my, in my company. Now, what happens when you do that is suddenly, even if we're not perfect at it, suddenly everybody has a standard that they can go like, Hey, I'm a, I'm striving to achieve this. I want to be this more at the, at the very least, not less. And and it covers a lot of gray areas of like, 
hey, did, was this behavior inappropriate or not appropriate? Well, was was it kind? You know, kind is like, you know, you feel kindness, like, you know, kindness when you're like, I understand you had a conflict, but it seemed like really in the midst of that, you got mean and you got nasty. And it's like, you probably didn't violate any official policies that we have, but we all understand that that's off the mark that we're trying to hit. And when you set that cultural standard like that, it's just so revolutionary. Um, And so for me personally, like I'll I'll tell you, I was terrible at hiring folks. Um, I didn't realize this about myself. I was about four years into business and we'd pulled together a team about four or five folks and I was going through those classic scaling issues that a lot of folks go through. And, and we just had kind of some massive turnover. We were driving back from Florida and I was telling all the problems we were having to my wife. And she just looked at me and she was like, Tyler, I think you have to call it. I think you're bad at hiring people. You're terrible at this. And, uh, and I was, <laughs> thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and you know, inside your, I was like, you know, you like you you take a breath to start to defend yourself. And, and then you're like, I think I have to admit, I'm really bad at this. And, and I think a lot of us bring in the best of intentions to that, but Mm -hmm. we're, we're not understanding what we're missing. And so I went on about a six or eight week journey and I begged the people that were still with me to work their buns off. Well, I was like, I can't hire somebody until I figure out why I'm doing this so wrong Mm -hmm. and core values was my solution to that. I realized that I was vetting on a skills basis only and not also vetting by a set of cultural standards that we all agreed on. So in literally a weekend, I came up with our five core values and it's, it has been one of the catalysts for um, the change that we've seen. And I would, I would put it as important as the product that we provide. Like the product is really powerful, but at this point you, I could change products and core values would keep us straight. So that's really, really, really good. Okay. So give us an idea of what those core values are for your company. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we have five or six, um, and one of them, one of the key ones from a marketing perspective is ROI is the KPI. So Mm -hmm. we talk about that one all the time, like celebrating, um, celebrating with clients. We do it almost on a weekly basis to be like, what are our wins? Where, what are we hearing? Not only from clients like keyword rankings and organic traffic are leading indicators, mm-hmm. but return on investment is the only reason we get hired ever. Right. Everybody who spends a dollar with us is hoping to get that dollar back or two or three. Mm-hmm. And so return on investment is the key performance indicator for our company. Um, another one is friendly by default. Uh, we, and I've kind of already talked about that. Another one from a cultural perspective is just kindness and conflict. Um, and that has to start at the top. So the one thing I would tell folks is make sure that you are not writing core values. Two things. If you're going to write your core values to something you don't feel you are, but you're aspiring to be, then you need to be honest about that, about that aspiration because mm-hmm. you'll, you'll gut your core values. You'll gut your people's trust in your core values. If you are the one violating them most often. Wow. Um, that's good. I just read that in school last night. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, credit to whoever I just plagiarized that. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that was, that's probably a good God idea because, you know, they were talking yeah. about moral authority. You know, we, if we yeah. basically don't practice what we preach, then people really don't respect and they don't get behind our vision. So yeah. that's exactly what you're saying here. 
Yeah. So sorry, I'm, the summary is bad. So ROI is the KPI, friendly by default, committed to personal growth as uh, a key mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, failing forward, mm-hmm. uh, which is an interesting one. And then honesty and integrity, which honesty and integrity is the, you know, the needs to be in probably just everybody's blanket core value list. But in the SEO world, especially, yeah. Trust is all we have. Like we have a, we've got a smoke and mirrors industry. Who knows how SEO works? Even the SEO professionals are unsure about that at some point, you know, at certain points when Google does an algorithm update, everybody in the world except Google is universally in the dark until we figure out what Google changed. And so uh, in an SEO company, especially honesty and integrity is all we have. You know, we have to build trust and care. And that's where ROI is the KPI comes in, where you go, mm-hmm. can you trust our integrity on your return on investment as our primary goal? Um, it makes that really important. So, um, but uh, there's one other one here, if I can vamp for just another couple of seconds. Oh, yes, is, please. Yeah. Uh, which is failing forward, or I've, I've flirted with two different, taking smart steps forward is probably mm-hmm. a better way to say it, but we call it, we, I've often just called it failing forward. And mm-hmm. This is one of those things where um, this one has been absolutely critical, especially in the marketing world. You're constantly in discovery mode. I mean, you talked about, uh, I don't know if it was on this call or right before it, you were talking about Clubhouse. Um, Mm -hmm. And Clubhouse is a brand new social media app that's audio only. And I'm not on it yet, but you cannot live in a world in which all of a sudden a whole new platform blows up. It's a whole new medium for connection. Overnight, I mean, you just have these ideas come come in overnight. We've got Bitcoin and cryptocurrency coming. Like, just what is that going to do to our whole market for the next ten or fifteen years as a fundamental disruption? And if you do not give yourself permission to fail forward, like I spent three years building a a mediocre lawn care company, mm-hmm. but you know, and like most of us do, it took three years to kind of figure out just basics around. Yeah running a business. And so, um, and like we, we struggled, like we were able to sell the company, which was awesome. Um, we built it to six figures, but, but it was a struggle and, but it was that necessary growth season. Mm -hmm. And even like, even as we're hitting success metrics now, you have got to give yourself permission to fail because if you give yourself permission to fail, then you give yourself permission to stay in the game. And if you stay in the game, then, then all of that failure experience builds up. And, and I know this isn't new ground for anybody, but I watch people again and again, be mm-hmm. too afraid to take a leap on, or to like build that first website. That's why I said, go, go on Wix and build your first website because you're going to, you're going to suck at it. Like, I could, <laughs> amen. You're going, amen. okay. Say that again. And somebody <laughs> soak that in because I would say whatever you do, your first steps are going to be totally sucking. Uh, And people have got to know that, but that's how you get better and better. And I think that, go ahead. I'm so, oh, I love that. Thank you. Say it again. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, right. So go, go do it. And I I tell usually when folks come in for sure with a lawn care company before this one, which I, um, we would get a new guy on the crew and I would look at him and I would just be like, no matter what your thought is for the first two weeks here, you're probably wrong. And it's, it's not your fault. It's like, you have to learn the way that we do it. Mm -hmm. I know that you probably come in like one guy came in and he was like a a master with a trimmer. Okay. But he trimmed it differently than I wanted it to be trimmed. 
And so like he was out there with the weed whipper or whatnot. And I'd be like, I bet you were an absolute beast at your last lawn care company. But at this one, here's the standard that we're going for. And so now, and that's where, that's where the other core values of like kindness and conflict and friendly by default come in. Because mm-hmm. if you believe, if, if you are on a team and believe that failure is built into our success, then you know that you've got a safety net to land on when you take a risk. And we try, I try really hard to build that. And as a owner, there's a lot of owners out there that are, you are crushing the innovation that could happen in your company because you're too afraid to let go and let somebody else fail. Or when they fail, that becomes a confirmation of some kind in yourself that you should have never let that go to begin with. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. right. I should have never let them, I should have never let them do it. And, um, and in reality, that, that truth will keep you, will keep you more stuck than, Mm -hmm. than allowing somebody else to be bad at it for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then falling back to understanding that failure is going to be a necessary part of this, especially when you start to scale, especially when you get outside yourself. Oh yeah. And there's no way to get outside of yourself without that particular value. I mean, and that minds, I call it more a mindset too, you know, so that's pretty powerful. You guys, if you're just joining in, I just want to say welcome to our show today. And today I am so delighted to have Tyler Krause from Conversion First Marketing here with me. We are talking websites, business, ministry, SEO, and who knows what else we'll come up with. Okay, I, I want to go back and tap that in, back in because I think you knew that one of the things that I believe is so necessary, and it kind of goes off of what you were just saying, but it, there's more to it there, is about keeping yourself learning and transforming and taking your next steps. And to yep. me, this is... If I, if I were going to give one of my personal, I mean, like, I guess it's this thing that compels me to continue growing, continue learning. It was why last night and you'll be proud. Yes. I was on clubhouse. I actually took a (laughs) scary, like, I can't tell you how nervous I got being on clubhouse, but I've I've been in like rooms and people pulled me to the stage, kind of messed my brain up. Cause I was like, what do I say? Am I doing it right? Right. But last night I decided, okay, I'm going to eat the frog and I'm going to moderate a room. And you want to talk about two hours before I was like, what have I done? (laughs) This is going to be crazy. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I haven't, have I been on here long enough? Blah, blah, blah. And we got in there and I thought, well, we'll have an hour and we'll kind of get to know some people and just have some fun chatting. No, six hours later, we've had people that we have, we had cried together. We had um, prayed together. Everybody poured into one another. It was like the church in action. And I had to sit back. I got off there last night and I thought I need to go to sleep. (laughs) But there was a part of me that all I could do was just say, Lord, what are you doing for us today? Thank you that you're letting me be a part of something new and learning something new is not always easy, but it's, it's re it's really essential. And I know you do that because of your business, but that's not, I think SEO is just a beautiful fit for you because you are a lifetime learner. And so without putting more in your mouth, tell us a little bit more about learning and, and, you know, why that would be one of your core values and what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our committed to personal growth, which, Mm -hmm. um, the way we, 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 the way I phrase it is, um, you know, 
in our company, like if you're going to fit in our company, you have to love learning. And mm-hmm. we talk about it. We get excited. Like we're going to come into a meeting and we're going to be like talking about what books we're reading or where we're going with that. And it's that doing things better isn't just a professional thing. It's a life thing. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking for people when, and when you're creating core values too, you're, you're looking for people who it's like, I don't want you to become these things. I'm trying to find people who are these things. Somebody who I don't ever have to talk them into being like, what's the new book you're reading or, or when are you starting to read another book sort of thing? That's just the thing we have in common. And that's where really strong cultures find that, um, that unity un- underneath that. So I, I think when, uh, as far as personal growth goes and learning, um, I love reading. Let me, I'm going to give a caveat there. I love starting books. I'm terrible at finishing them. Uh, <laughs> and so I have like a zillion books that I've started, mm-hmm. uh, and start reading through, but Um, but yeah, the, the learning aspect, when it comes to like SEO, you have to have this hunger for that information. Um, and right now, uh, right now there is more information available to all of us. Like, like we're sitting down to do an hour podcast where we get to share some of the insights that help have helped make us different and better, uh, Mm -hmm. what we're doing. Um, we've never had an easier way to find the best advice ever. Yeah. I would take the core value idea. That's not my idea. Like that came from a book called Traction and a friend of mine, here's what committed to personal growth looks like. I was, I was in a meeting where a friend who runs a marketing agency talked about hitting a ceiling at a million dollars a year. And she was working around the clock. She couldn't, she couldn't figure out how she had a good team. She had a great product. She's an incredible uh, leader mm-hmm. and could not figure out how to not work 80 or a hundred hours a week while trying to main this, maintain this million dollar business. It happens all the time. Right. She said in this little eight, 10 minute conversation, she just said, I just picked up this book called traction in the midst of it. And it, it totally changed my life. I picked up my phone. I went on Amazon and I bought the book on the spot. By the end of the weekend, I had finished it. And by two weeks in, I had implemented at least something from that book. And that's probably the one big thing with that is we read a ton of books um, and we read a lot of stuff. And if we're honest, maybe 1% of it, maybe 5%, let's say five or 10% of it actually gets implemented. And so I love one of, I think one of the skill sets that I've had is, and would encourage people to do is read until you get your first good aha moment and then write it down and get a plan to implement it. Put the book down, yeah. And go figure out how to implement that thing that you just learned, because what's going to happen wow. is, yeah, what's going to happen is your brain's going to trick your, you're going you know, to trick yourself. And I'm, I, I can't speak about brain construction at all, but I know mind tricks me. So I read that and I go, oh man, I circle it. And I'm like, gosh, that is, that is a huge idea. Mm-hmm. And then three or four chapters in, I've got 50 ideas and now I can't prioritize which one's going to actually be of high, highest value. Uh, because now it's like, oh man, I've got so many ideas I can start. I've got so many different things that I can do. And, um, and so one of the biggest things I would say is one of the things that's led to success is we haven't a hundred percent or perfectly implemented any one idea except for traction. I will say the EOS model is, is like our business Bible. And, uh, and it is the one thing that I'll say, like every other idea has to fit into this framework, right? That's like scripture where it's like all the other things, 
you know, you can add on personal growth stuff. You can add on podcasting and all stuff. But like at the end of the day, you've got one authoritative source that you're, you're viewing the rest of it through. Mm -hmm. And so, and you'll build consistency with your team if you do that, uh, by the way. So like EOS, you, you, whether it's EOS or a different model, Mm -hmm. grab that model and say, we're going to have all kinds of, of candy come through the door. You could do this. Oh, here's a new way we should do hiring. Here's a new way we should do all this sort of stuff. We should, we should do sales. This is a better product, all this sort of stuff. Commit to one operating system for your company mm-hmm. and make sure all the other ideas get filtered through it. And um, traction just happens to be the one that, that saved my business and saved me <clears throat> uh, and gave me that authoritative source that I can look at everybody and go, what does traction say about it? If it, if it fits, great then let's figure out how to implement that kind of 1% idea. And you talked about getting like learning one thing a day. Um, uh, There's a book called Atomic Habits uh, right now that talks about the value of 1%. I think it's James Clear. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, I have it around here somewhere is the author of that. And uh, and he talks about 1% improvements um, all Mm -hmm. the time. And, um, and so that's what, what I'm really talking about in the midst of the personal growth aspect is, you know, if you get a book, read, you don't have to finish the whole thing, but if mm-hmm. none of it gets implemented and actually makes it to a change in your daily life or, or life cycle or whatnot, then the, the learning just stays in your head. And SEO actually provided the perfect backdrop for me to, to get excellent at this habit because mm-hmm. there's a thing in SEO and you're going to do this. If you go to start to do this, it's going to be analysis paralysis as you go through, there's so much information about SEO. What's, what's the right choice to make Yeah, successful SEO implementation is about learning something. And the faster that you make sure that that something is implemented, the you'll shorten your learning curve significantly Mm -hmm. because now you'll have real world experience with that effort. And so SEO just forced me to do that for years. And so now we do it with business aspects as well and kind of life in general. And it's, uh, it's been really effective. I love that. You know, what's funny, the one thing I have complained about with my education has been having to finish every book <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause>, right. <laughs> and, and it's how much I have to read every week, you know, however, the yeah. one thing I have to say has been the benefit of me getting to meet some books and read some ideas that I truly feel like have made me a greater person, you know, so it's kind of interesting, but you know what I do? It's interesting going back to, I may finish those books, but every single one of them inside the cover of the book, I'll write what my biggest takeaways are. And it may be one, it may be three, but then I even put the pages where there's a lot of information, like put the page number in there to where I can go back and I can find what really significantly impacted me. And I've had to make that a discipline of mine because otherwise I would have a resistance to finishing the books or I would never Mm. implement. And so I love, I, I would say that if you don't have to finish a book, Go for what Tyler's saying here, because you will really own those books. You will really own those ideas. They'll really make a difference for you. Yep. So speaking of that, I have to know what you're reading right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as what I'm reading right now, I mean, I have some of them literally right here. So I just I knew started. this, everybody. I knew this. <laughs> yeah, you did. Sorry. They're always. I love it. Great. And I just moved the stack over there. 
Um, so I just started the one page marketing plan, which I hadn't done. Uh, I hadn't done before. So like true to the nature, I have, I have a piece <laughs> of paper in here. I'm about two chapters in and I already have, um, wow. yeah, I already, I've already got stuff that I'm like, Oh, I don't have to go any further for a second year. Now that's not to downplay what other people can do, but the one page yeah. marketing plan has been really good. Um, helps you think about offers and release. Really uh, your unique selling proposition, mm -hmm. which most of people's biggest mistake in marketing is actually their product and their, the structure that they have for the, for the, the market, because they're not offering anything that's categorically unique um, or better or different, or have that, they haven't found a way to make that differentiation in the client's mind. And that's one of the big challenges. And, and there's ways to, to do that. Um, but um I also, this is actually a recommendation of my, so I'm an, I'm an SEO guy. If you want to learn about marketing quickly, this is the Google AdWords, uh, ultimate guide to Google AdWords. And it's, yeah. uh, the fifth, I think they just came out with the sixth edition gang as an SEO guy. So I, I used to do PPC management. I now have a director of web development marketing services that does all of our PPC work and he's amazing. But one of the beauties that is Google AdWords is you have this direct competition environment where you have like 35 characters to make your offer. You have 35 characters to get the click, right? And and you've got a couple lines of that. I'm not I'm not technical on the specifics there, but but when you have to distill your marketing ideas to that small of a space and you're alongside of four other people on Google mm -hmm. AdWords that are doing the same thing, those are the ads that are at the top of a Google search. Mm -hmm. You have this like microcosm of direct competition that's really telling for how people structure offers and everything. And so the first, the first 30 pages, 40, no, let me see here, 100 pages, the first 100 pages of that talks way more about how to do marketing well than it does how to necessarily do PPC marketing. Uh, it's been fantastic. I've just, I've loved it. I've worn out pencils, just scribbling yeah. and, and rewording stuff on there. So wow, uh, those would be, yeah, those would be two big ones. I'll give you one more culture code mm -hmm. is culture code is one of my favorite uh, culture uh, cr creation books um, for a business. So Culture code has been huge and its sweeping conclusion is that the success of an organization is directly related to the safety that the members of that organization um, would chew on that for a while. Cause it's, that's good. It, yeah. A lot of us think of like the football, you know, I always think of the old football coach, the opposite of that of like, you know, the, the mean old coach kind of situation and that's what gets the best performance out of people. And I think data is starting to suggest that that's not a consistent uh, method for success. As a matter of fact, the ability to take risks safely in your company is going to lead to a lot more success. So that one's a great one. Ooh. Too. Okay. I'm sure everybody is going, wow. I know I am. And wow, is all I can say, yeah. except I'd have one, uh, another question. Okay. Now, like looking back over everything and we all yeah. have this. And, and so I know this is a pretty safe question to ask, but it's usually one that's really important. And I, I just wonder looking back over everything, what do you wish you had known when you got started? Uh, besides buying Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> Yeah. everybody's answer, everybody's categorical answer right now is, <laughs> Oh, if I would have only known. Um, 
what would I, if uh, I wish I could have known, um, a couple of things I, uh, jumped to mind to me. One, I, I think I wish I would have implemented core values and in, in a business system kind of earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, that would be uh, fantastic. I I wish so. I I thought I knew this, but I totally underestimated the power of staffing your weaknesses. So I I heard a an entrepreneur that I really respect. Uh, one time he described it so beautifully. He said, "To build a successful business, you have to be able to sell your product and staff your weaknesses." Mm-hmm. And so and it's really it's kind of really that simple. So I'll say this, you have to be able to sell your product uh, long enough to be able to afford to staff your weaknesses. Uh, and so that's, that's the key hurdle at first that's kind of tough. I'll never forget when, so I, I'm not a high detail guy and, and you know, true to a podcast sort of situation, I'm, I'm very classic visionary type. I get energized by ideas and, and I have low follow through. So I, we, I know this about myself. It's taken a long time to really understand. I used to make sales. It drove my last boss crazy. I used to make sales and then I wouldn't send the invoice. So like two or three weeks would go by and I wouldn't send the invoice. And I'd be like, why won't I just send the invoice? You know, when you're going through that discovery of like what you're bad at, like <laughs> listen to yourself, you know, like yeah. just listen. I made the sale. And the exciting part of it was done. It was over for me. And now all that was left was the hard work of like, oh, I got to put together the details, make sure the invoice is right, send it off. They might say no, they might not like it. They might be surprised by something. All of the fear that we feel Uh with that moment like comes in and that's not shiny. That's not fun anymore. And so what I know now is that I have a high propensity to quick start, a very low propensity to follow through. And I had to hack myself. As a matter of fact, I made it kind of one of the cornerstones that I would talk to people about because I knew this weakness in me. I had to hack myself through that. And so what I've discovered, this is all leading up to one of the big things that I discovered and I wish I would have known earlier Mm -hmm. and I wish I would have put in place earlier is that somebody else's strength is your weakness. Yeah. Right. Somebody else, believe it or not, somebody else loves to do the thing that you hate And they, what, so whether, so if you are the person that's like, I am your executor, I am the, like, give me the, a lot of people who are great at their professions are this way. That's like, you are good at executing the product because that's where your strength is. You are not great and gifted at selling it, or you're not great and gifted at what's coming big vision sort of ideas. And so uh, your temptation is going to be to hire somebody who's like you. That's our, that's our temptation, right? You meet somebody, Hey, we get along so well, or we do this sort of thing. And it's because you're the same in some of those areas. I'm speaking generally here, but, Mm -hmm. but I was blown away when I discovered how much people love to do the part that I hate. Once I let that happen, once I like, let that go, my satisfaction went through the roof. I just, I could not perceive that somebody else was like, this is what I love stop stop taking away the thing that I love. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and what became possible for my company completely changed once I understood that. So it took, it took two companies and 10 years to figure that part out just how powerful it would be. Yeah. And, and I want to flip that also more than likely that person really 
I hate to say it this way, they really do not like what you do so well. So right. they're really ha happy to be on a, a part of a team where they have that other person that is the visionary, that is the one that's always learning and finding the next steps and will dare to take it, but then also will trust them to do the follow-up. So I, I love how yeah. teams, that's the beauty of teams. And I think that's really the, the secret behind your company, to be real, because yeah. that's it. Yeah, it's 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 under understanding that we're all unique, but at this but at scale, we're also yeah. a type. Yeah. Which is it's fascinating, right? To be like yeah. I, you're 100% uniquely created, but at the <laughs> same time, if you get a thousand of us in a room, you're going to find at least 10 of them that you look at and be like, "Oh my gosh, this is like talking to a mirror." Yeah. You know, you think of all the things like a good system that works together has parts that complement our strong where others are weak. And yet when it comes to the human component, mm -hmm. we have the hardest time understanding that somebody else is going to be really good at something that you're not. And um, yeah. And so if you, once you kind of figure that out to be like, oh my gosh, I need to staff my weaknesses. And it's not a cliche. It's mm -hmm. if you do that part, right. You'll start to go, wow, I had no idea this is possible. The other thing too, last thing with that core values, even if you do that part, right. If you vet the skill set, cause I'm talking about skill set fit. That's where core values gives you that, that kind of overarching sense of team chemistry. How are we going to know to work well together beyond the skill stuff? And that's where mm -hmm. core values really gives you that, that point. Wow. And, yeah. and I do want to kind of tap into this too. You even took this into your clients and finding your best client along these yeah. same ways. That's to me revolutionary. That really, at first I had a resistance. You probably saw it a little yeah. because I'm like, I love everybody. That's right. <laughs> but then to be real, walking yeah. back into my business and yeah. seeing how God had, had brought me into, I would say even a more narrow place than before. I can't tell you the number of times I've thought about you know, the blessing you gave me of letting me help with hiring in particular, but also in the uh, sales um, yeah. and, and how you stretched me and realizing that that it's all about our core values, even finding the and, and having a great working relationship with those we serve. That to me blew me yeah. away. Yeah, absolutely. So, Cindy, I believe you helped me create this, too. We, we have a thing that we call the lead score. Yeah. Um, and it's, and one of the questions of the lead score, I mean, it's, it seems weird to think like, Hey, I'm going to evaluate people who want to do business with us and control that from a cultural perspective. Now, some businesses don't have that. I mean, if you run a coffee shop, you get whoever walks through the door. There's no, <laughs> there's no cultural fit lead scoring sort of thing that you can do there. But for service businesses, especially where you're trying to build a long-term relationship with somebody, <clears throat> um, yeah, it makes a significant difference. And we, one of the things that we would do as part of our lead score is just vet somebody against our core values. So, um, so it wasn't the only factor, but it was, we could see those and it was very clear. It was, it was very cool because you could see where it's like, Hey, we have somebody who's not a core values fit and they're also not a budget fit. And when you stack those two things together, you can literally predict this is going to go poorly. Even if, if they say yes, they'll probably say yes to us. And we'll, and we'll kind of feel like we have to serve them, but we can already tell like, this is not going to be a fit. What's beautiful about that is that you then have a good logical reason for 
agreeing up front as to, hey, we know this is why this is going to be a bad fit. And there's some of them where you take on bad fits. You know they're going to be bad fits, but if everything you're taking on is a bad fit, then your team can literally predict here's exactly where the conflicts are going to arrive. And we still have, you know, we still have some relationships and everything mm-hmm. that have been, you know, budget fits and whatnot. We know we're trying our best to serve where we can, but we know long-term we're going to be outside of your core value fit here on, on some of these things. So. Wow. Really and, powerful. I love it. And, you know, like I said, one of the things, you know, where I've brought it into my business and just to throw this out real quick is you know, one of my core values is always learning and growing. And, you know, I know that if, you know, it's nothing against anybody who doesn't want to do it at the same level, but there are people that I believe go to a a long-term level that are really happy in my business and with my services because they are learning and growing and they get that I may fail. I may not Mm -hmm. know things, but I am going to find the person that's great at it, put them on the mic. Um, I am going to keep growing myself. And there's a confidence there that we're on journey together. And so that's one of mine personally. And I learned that really strong working with you. So, you know, and there's a lot of other applications, you guys, but anyway, okay. So if, as we wrap up, tell us, you know, like if, if there was something that you just want to share, like if they only got one thing from you today, what would be that one thing you'd want to leave us with? Oh man. I know Um, that's a hard question. (laughs) I, I, here's what I'd say. I'd say the core value thing is probably the biggest, but since we've spent so much time on that, let me go, let me go maybe a little bit of a different direction with this. Okay. And so leave one last nugget for everybody. Uh, and that would be when, uh, when you are looking to do your online marketing as a whole, uh, we have a, a method over here that we, I'm, I'm creating, we're, we're trying to create this or whatnot, but it's the lens that I see this through. We call it the tot method, traffic offer and trust method. What that means is Traffic on the front end is anywhere that you're getting visitors, you're getting eyeballs and your Instagram account has a traffic source. Like people are coming from predictable places. So start to view the internet as an accumulation of traffic sources. Mm -hmm. People don't just come from anywhere and they come from very specific funnels. Now there's a, a lot of them. There's a lot of variability inside of those funnels, but like Google is a funnel, your Facebook people behave differently than your Instagram people Mm -hmm. and they behave differently than your LinkedIn folks. So start to think about your marketing as traffic sources. Where are my visitors come from? You might have a network group. So Cindy, you've got a podcast, right? There, there's a different kind of engagement that come from those folks. So once you have that, once you get traffic sources, make sure you get Google analytics on your site, learn how to use it, learn how to read it because Every single day, people get in there and they see like, oh, I've got like five to seven visitors or 10 visitors a day. And, and it's like, oh, that's not much traffic. I'm like, man, you need a community of like 100 or 200 people that are dedicated and you can build. I mean, I've built most of my company off of a single network of 70 people. Like right. it's, it, that's huge. And so you don't need mountains of traffic. But mm-hmm. once you have traffic sources, then the offer, what you are offering them becomes, what's the fundamental promise that you're making to them? And then what are the reasons that they should trust you? If you can, that, that's the taught method kind of in a, and all three of those 
can be optimized. So when people say traffic, when people call me and they're like, hey, man, I need more SEO or I need to like optimize my SEO, what they're asking me for is an increase of traffic. So that's, that's all SEO is. I can get you more visitors from Google. What they're assuming is that the offer and the trust factors are also going to be optimized as well. People don't know that they're asking for that, but they really are because mm-hmm. without the offer improving and without the trust factors giving people confidence, nobody's going to convert on whatever their actual goal is. And so, so all three of those areas can be optimized. Think about your offer, right? Find out what your traffic sources are. Think about your offer related to those people who are coming from Google might be cold traffic coming from nowhere. They, their only visit might be to one of your blog posts, but they're there for a specific reason. So the offer for that person needs to be unique to them. It needs to be customized. It needs to be fulfilling a value. And they're there to try to solve a problem, try to solve their problem. The more often you can do that, that they will reward you with their um, attention, which is what we're after. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is trust the trust factors, um, reviews, good branding, great design, uh, testimonials, case studies, don't undervalue any of that stuff in a world that like the internet's getting noisier. Mm-hmm. And so as the internet gets noisier, verifiable places that people can put a hunch of good quality is uh, those are trust assets. So great images that describe a product or actually demonstrate the product's viability are, are rare. Stock images are all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so you might look at your offer and think, well, I've got a nice stock image. Well, it's like that's as trustable as you've taken care to make sure that your design looks okay, looks good. But it doesn't give any more value than that. Like that's the value and it looks nice. But after that, we're still, we have a lot of trust to build that your product and service is actually sufficient. So wow, that'd be a, that, that'll revolutionize your marketing thought process if you start to think in those terms. So yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of marketing and being out there, and of course you guys now know you can trust um, Tyler, <laughs> how can people connect with you, Tyler? I mean, because yeah. you have many things you're doing. Yeah. I, I think the best way is go to conversionfirstmarketing.com. That's our company website, which um, uh, that's going to be the best. There's a conversionfirstmarketing.com forward slash connect or the contact us uh, page. Either one of those will get a message directly to me and my team. And we check that every day. I am not as active on like a Facebook messenger. And so people try to connect with me socially and I, I see it a week later and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, go to conversionfirstmarketing.com. Go ahead and contact us. That comes direct to me and my team. Okay. Well, you guys definitely connect. If your business is really ready to take that next step in your web design, your SEO, maybe you're needing a company that you can trust. I cannot, I cannot tell you how much I support conversion first marketing. I've worked with them. I know what they've done behind the scenes and I can't give a higher recommendation myself. You guys, thank you. And thank you, Tyler, for joining me today. It is, again, a great delight. And you guys make plans to join me each and every week. We come on every single week with new, fresh content. You can find me at all your podcast places. Just look for The Cindy Rushton Show and connect with me online. 
I am online um, at cindyrushton.com and the cindyrushtonshow.com. I'm at all your social media. And you guys, I love moments like this. And I hope that this has really brought great value to you because my heartbeat is to empower and equip you as you reach the world with your message. Hey, you want to binge, you want some binge worthy content, go check me out on all your podcast places. Well, you guys have a great week and I will see you guys very, very soon. And that's a wrap for the Cindy Rushton show. We will be back next week for another awesome show. If you can't wait until then, check out other great episodes and our show notes online at our website, cindyrushton.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our show at any of your favorite podcast services so you don't miss even one episode. 